You know what it is. D-R-A-M-A-O-C in a place to be live on deck. Well, I'm back again. About to go into the second part of the Black Boule. For those who didn't catch the first part, I tried to reload it. It didn't say that, you know, it's too much to upload. So, therefore, I must be good if there's something going on with my phone lately anyway. But I know once things get right, I can upload the first part of the Black Boule. This one, I'm going to title it, <clears throat> excuse me, the second part of the Black Boule. But, yo, while we here talking, right? Always check out my profile when you in extreme. There's going to be different posts of things, sometimes words, sometimes, you know, my brand. So check that out. Let me know if you like it. You know, you can always make an order, get it delivered, drop box personally. All depends what route you want to take. But remember, the story of Mo Love, I'm going to come out one day with it. I did on Facebook, but I'm going to give it a cast box some other places. And right now, besides talking about my brand, Mo Love, before I ain't got the yo, license, this trademark, everything. But what I want to say is, listen to that first part of the Black Boule. If you don't understand what Boule mean, you can always Google it, but to get a better understanding on what the boule does, this is a, one of them situations with this Dave Chappelle theory because this is what it's called. The title of this is the Dave Chappelle theory. So now, enough said. I'm going to go into the uh, audio. And, you know, everybody's always welcome to give their opinion. And I appreciate those that come in, stay, listen to the content. You know, at some point, if you take a break, I talk, see what the fan been up to, how's everyone doing, fan be healthy, stay healthy. That's something of importance. And, you know, I always like to hear good news or others. But, um, like I said, enough said. And this is part two of the Black Boule. Swapped reality television programs. It revolved around a black family and a white family trading spouses and plays on long held stereotypes about black male virility while willfully promoting racial miscegenation. Louis Farrakhan, most likely under the direction of Cosby, sought out the opportunity to speak with Chappelle. Farrakhan, who had advised Chappelle on his conversion to Islam in 1998, visited Chappelle on location days after the episode aired. His concerns fall on deaf ears as Chappelle was resistant to pressure to tone down the show's content. April 1st, 2003, while in Philadelphia visiting her good friend Patti LaBelle, Oprah Winfrey was seen meeting with Bill Cosby, who was also in town attending a function at Temple University. The two of them were witnessed dining at the exclusive Walnut Street Eatery, Laidback Finn. While the two were catching up, Cosby was overheard casually mentioning his concern over Chappelle's show and his failed attempts to convince Dave to change his brand of humor. Funny you should mention that. I've had the same concerns, Winfrey reportedly responded. The 
two spend a long dinner talking about how to exert covert pressure on Chappelle to change the show's content. Winfrey offers to reach out to friends she's spoken with regarding Chappelle. And just like that, the Dark Crusaders are born. April 20, 2003. With Chappelle's show on hiatus before production for season two commences, Chappelle took some downtime at his Ohio area farm. It was here that he received a strange package. As told by Dave himself at around noon, in the middle of an early season Cincinnati Reds game, there was a knock at his door. Chappelle was a bit concerned as no one except his close family and friends were aware of where he was. When he opened the door, all he found was a crudely wrapped package with the inscription for Chappelle on it. Inside the package was a voodoo doll style replica of Chappelle, dressed as Clayton Bigsby, the African-American Klansman from his first show. The doll was riddled with safety pins and had a noose tied sharply around its neck. Accompanying the doll was a message in a childlike scrawl that read, What you're doing is hurting the African-American community. It needs to stop. Now, <clears throat> that's a bunch of nonsense because uh, the African community Well, it would be nice if it was stereotyped, but it's not. The reality in many African uh, communities, there's a lot of violence, a lot of genocide, you know, a lot of hate crime on each other. So for Dave to be a comedian and saying his kind of humor is hurting people, what? I mean... They got movies where people is killing people. Some movies is made like horrible movies to kill people. Like, you know, you go into the theater to watch this movie. It's about killing Jason, Jason, Freddy Krueger, um, the rejects. Now, this would probably be hurting society as a whole. You're talking about this one-man comedy is hurting. I tell you, you know when they say... Any excuse is a good excuse. This is one of those, I believe. They make up any excuse, right? To go against, <coughs> excuse me, to go against their own. Chappelle was extremely bothered by the development, but later chalked it up to a local group of black nationalists. Probably some college kids from any touch, a nearby university, looking for kicks. Though Chappelle was unaware of it at the time, this was the first assault by the Dark Crusaders aimed at shutting down his comedy career. The Theory, July 2003. July 4th, 2003. While enjoying a holiday weekend with his wife at the Four Seasons in Santa Barbara, Chappelle alerted the staff that he received a late-night phone call to his room that told him, If you know what's good for you, you'll stop using your show to denigrate African-Americans. While telling his wife about the package he received in Ohio, Chappelle began to think that maybe the voodoo doll package was not an isolated incident, but part of a larger, coordinated campaign. Shaken by the phone call, he stayed awake with his wife and executives of the hotel for the rest of the night. The Theory. August... No... <coughs> That's bugged out because when Dave 
was talking about it, they was like, I don't know, at some point, he was kind of, well, I don't remember he said it directly, but even his wife to him was like, suspicious. So, he said it himself. It could have been a form of paranoia, but some things just didn't seem right, I guess, within his family, because he said he would ask certain questions and certain things to him, as he say. He not much or, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of like on the borderline of a conspiracy theorist. But, you know, obviously Dave is one, as he said, he liked to match the dots. So if you know your wife, you know these people, relatives, the ones that obviously you trust, this is why you were startled when you got a knock at the door and it wasn't from someone that, you know, you have informed where you would be. So for them to come with a voodoo dog, whether, if they could have done something with the voodoo dog or not, because this is tricky. Because they give you the words, oh, you're doing African-American. And the whole time, it could be a Caucasian writing this stuff out. It could have actually been a Caucasian that dropped it there at the door. You know what I'm saying? But they fixed the words to make it sound like, okay, it's one of my own that's coming at me. But then it could have been too. I mean, the whole thing about this black boule, they get hustled by the Europeans and then... That hustle is the hustle, the ones that's trying to get up, come out, make some dollars. 2003. August 31st, 2003. As Chappelle began production on the second season of Chappelle Show, strange things started to occur. Scripts for the sketches began disappearing. <clears throat> Featured players weren't showing up on the set, and illnesses were plaguing key members of the crew. Additionally, Chappelle voiced his concern to one of the extras of the show that one of the replacement cameramen looked like the Nation of Islam bodyguards Farrakhan had with him when he visited the set earlier in the year. Upon confronting... Now, when he said that, what I thought about is the Malcolm X movie. They got one with... What's the actor name? Ferguson? Some Ferguson. What that black man name is? The playing Batman. But they got a couple. But anyway, anyway, the Spike Lee version, right? Now, he said Dave was concerned. He spoke to one of the cameos or whoever and was like, yo, man, you know, things don't seem to, you know, I'm feeling a little. So what I'm saying is this. It's possible that Dave wasn't um, freaking out. The guy who he seen or thought was the man he saw before with Farrakhan. Now, all of a sudden, he's the cameraman. Well, that would vouch for what I said way back in the first part, that these people watch you, and they know who to send. And, yeah, they play different parts in this when it's time to watch you. So, you know, same thing in Malcolm X. And that's what I'm saying. Watch the movie. Do come out, watching them. Next thing you know, you come through with some, get your hand on my pocket. Next thing you know, Michael Max is, is all over with for Michael Max. So when I tell people, when I say America works with a pattern, 
even if they use different people from different sectors, it's still a pattern that after you've seen it done so many times, you're like, okay, I got a kind of idea. This is either a psyops, a halfway hoax, or is this a whole situation of something that's been orchestrated to keep your mind in tune and outside of tune with what your mind should be in tune with? So, yeah, and in a lot of political movies, you see stuff like this. People get bullied because they don't want to sign or, you know, vouch or something so they could connect with somebody else. They kill them or they bully them, threaten them. And it's like, yo, we could do this to you, da-da-da-da. So, you know, we need this dude to be president. So you got a all type of nonsense these people be doing. But, yeah, I could believe Dave said that that guy was... Uh, one of Farrakhan people, because like I said, in the Malcolm X movie, that's how it was too. So when I tell you there's a pattern, I'm not saying I know every single pattern, but I just seen enough, heard enough, and read enough, so I'll have some kind of understanding what kind of, you know, situation this is probably going to turn out to be. Chicago was a fellow Muslim and was a member of Farrakhan's congregation. After this incident, Chappelle confided in cast member Charlie Murphy and head writer Neil Brennan that he thinks some powerful black people are out to get him to tone down the show's content and that they may have infiltrated the set. Both tell him not to worry, that it's just the pressure getting to him. But personally, both worry that the pressure to succeed may have been getting to Chappelle and expressed concern to other crew members. The Theory, September 2003. September 15, 2003. While in Washington, D.C., on a weekend break from shooting, Chappelle and his mom decided to catch a movie. Now, <clears throat> like I said, I don't explain Numeraji to where some people really got it, understood it, but... Like I was saying, the other one, there's no coincidence when you're dealing with these people. So here's September. These months always play a part of it, too, when you go back to the folklore stories, right? Like Easter and all these stories. Yeah. So whether it's in the month of September, May, and certain events happen, like whether it's mass shootings or certain kind of events, Within that month, if you go back and look at the folklore stories, a lot of times they tell you, like, this folklore represents this and this, which is either the fall month or is the month of the summer. So when I tell you, it's sickening how these people made up something like folklore stories and then decide to incorporate it into our straight reality. So anyway, September the 15th, 2003, Numerology, the zeros mean nothing. It depends on what kind of numerology. But with how they operate, what they build and destroy, that one of five is the number six. I was going to break that down when they was making Ariel 51 a big situation. Five, one, one, five. One plus five always adds up to the number six, just like in the movies. So then you got 2003. You drop the zeros, 
You got the three. The two represent six. Then you got the other six. So you got three sixes. I know it sounds nuts, because I done said things that was way nuttier and then show people how, you know, told them and explain how it connects. But you can't do nothing about it unless a lot of people is sincere in doing something about it. And I'm not talking about politicians. It has to also come from the outside, which is the people that's eager to vote, but not looking at what we should be asking for and what we need and why they're not speaking this in their campaigns. Why they giving us something they want to give us and they go, yeah, this is what we want to do. So jump on our side and go against the Republicans and vice versa. Bunch of nonsense, but I'm kind of getting off the topic and I like to stick with the topic. So let's finish this black boule. Shortly after the movie started, witnesses reported a man who looked like Al Sharpton taking a seat behind Chappelle and his mother. When Chappelle's mother excused herself to go to the bathroom, Sharpton was seen moving into the seat beside Chappelle. Chappelle would later recount what Sharpton had whispered. I didn't appreciate the mockery directed at reparations in the last season's show. You should be ashamed of selling out the community for cheap laughs and ratings. Once again, Al Shopkins makes no sense. He's supposed he's supposed to be a black activist. Dave Chappelle, a comedian. I don't really want to repeat myself, but you gotta ask yourself, why is an activist so concerned about what a comedian and is this the first comedian that you felt displeased with how many other comedians as old as you is as young as dave Chappelle was at this time you have shook the hands of many comedians probably comedians such as red fox everybody knows my aunt had records right vinyl because he come from that era where everything was on vinyl, music, the comedy, everything, right? Everything was on vinyl. Same way we watch TV and we get these different shows, that's what vinyl was. So on the vinyl, right? Hmm. It just is hella crazy because Red Fox is a curse like crazy. So what I'm saying is the Al Sharpton ever go to Red Fox the guy, the old man from um, Sanford and Son, and said, yo, you got to stop cursing? Because we know Bill Cosby did go to Eddie Murphy if you didn't know, and that's why I put that into play, because Eddie Murphy even talked about it, but he talked about it within his show, which was about, in a way, he was kind of disrespecting Bill Cosby and Bill Cosby's wife, but it's like his attitude was like, who the fuck is Bill to tell me how to run my company? You do jello putting pops, and you know, I do what I do. So it's like I said, it's crazy. And they have the boule in all nationalities. So you could be from Iran, Pakistan, you could be from Africa, you could be from the Middle East of Africa, because some people don't know the Middle East is still Africa. And you could be anywhere in Europe. This is why they say they got people like puppets or Muppets because these people take orders and sometimes the orders that's given is against their own people for like, what was it? Two years ago when they had a, and was it Iran or India? I'm not too sure about what particular place, 
But yeah, they got people in a helicopter shooting down their own people. So if these people you shooting down is not mass criminals, they're not no big ring affiliated with all kinds of crimes. Why would you be shooting these people? And if it's not people that come to another country and a whole different continent, that means that's their people that's there in the same land on some injustice. So yeah, that's boule. You take orders to either watch your own con or to take out your own con. And then the orders don't even come from your own con. When I say your orders, I'm talking about like the ones who put the plan together. Most of the time, they're not from your race. Sharpton was seen quickly leaving the theater and immediately after. When Chappelle told his mother about this upon her return, she was in disbelief. She asked if he was feeling all right and if the pressure of success was getting to him. She then offered to take him to see her psychiatrist. It was around this time, and understandably so, that Chappelle began to sink deep into paranoia. The Theory, January 2004. January 1st, 2004. With the debut of Chappelle's show, third season growing closer, Dave began receiving phone calls at all hours of the day when he was in his family's house alone. The phone calls all said the same thing. Now, you know, when I tell people, because at one time it was like drama, you always be like, Day, who is Day? Quite a few asked me, I broke it down, who is Day? As I tell people, I don't like to use names because they got so many different names, they so many different groups. So, yeah. Most people that's affiliated with Mason, Freemason, Illuminati, it's a bunch of different groups, a bunch of different groups. So, yeah, same thing with Malcolm X. According to the bio, the bio of Malcolm X, one time he was getting calls all day, getting calls all through the night. So when I tell people, it's not about the names, it's not about conspiracy. This goes back to why I say that they work with a pattern. If people don't understand what a pattern, the clothes you wear has a pattern that it starts out with. You can call it a blueprint if you want, but it's a pattern because it's something as a structure that's either put together or you being shown ways on how to put it together as a pattern. But once you put it together, it's constantly done like that. So yeah, you think this is a hell of a chance? Dave Chappelle was only a comedian. He wasn't on Malcolm X. Why is that giving him threatening calls? And same thing they show you with Malcolm X. Same thing in the bio, getting threatening calls. So when I say there's a pattern, they be people that's behind a lot of things. And, you know, unfortunately, we can't actually name these people all the time or point these people out by like direct finger i know for sure it was you and it was her too but just the fact people need to know there are people out there that's involved in a lot of things and you know it's sad when chappelle contacted the local police department and phone company in an attempt to trace the calls 
They report that they have no record of the calls ever being made. When Chappelle confided in his wife that he thinks he is being targeted by a group of powerful black showbiz folks and politicians, she tells him that he's acting crazy and he should relax and enjoy his success. With everyone in Chappelle's life doubting his sanity, it was only a matter of time before the media started to report Chappelle acting strangely. January 21st, 2004. Season 2 of Chappelle's show aired. The infamous racial draft sketch where Tiger Woods is declared all black and chosen by the black race with their dream. Now, this is the last one we do. I may not even complete this one because this is part two. Might end up to a part three. But I just got to go back to this numerology one more time because I tell people when they give you these dates, it do not be a coincidence. The same way they tell you ain't nothing about coincidence, when they structure and or trying to orchestrate or put something together and it happened to appear to us that is a coincidence. It's not. This is something they put together. So anyway, the 21st, right? Number three. Then you got 2004, drop the zeros, two and four is six. So then you got your three sixes. So I tell people sometimes it goes forward, it goes backwards. Now in part one, it was totally the other way around, where this two sixes came first and the three was behind it to give you three sixes. So even when it's two sixes, if the number three is involved, then it becomes three sixes. Uh, these people are just fucking stupid and insane. Draft pick. And the Wu-Tang Clan is declared Asian and drafted by the Asian race. After the show played, Chappelle was seen having dinner with friends at Pastis in New York City's fashionable meatpacking district. When he tried to pick up the tab, embarrassingly, he found out that his credit card had been rejected. He tried several other credit cards and found that, surprisingly, they were rejected too. After his last credit card was declined, Chappelle received a call on his cell phone. Chappelle confided to his friends that the voice on the line advised him that this is only the beginning if you don't do what we want. Try your credit cards now. Chappelle, clearly rattled, told the waitstaff to run his credit card once more. When it did, this may have been when Chappelle began to realize the seriousness of the situation. January 28, 2004. Despite what appeared to be a growing conspiracy against him, Chappelle forged ahead with his show, refusing to rewrite skits. That week's show featured the N-word sketch, and following its run, Chappelle began feeling the pressure again. On Tuesday, while watching an episode of The Oprah Winfrey Show, Chappelle recalled being completely stunned when Winfrey turned to the camera in the middle of interviewing Tom Cruise and said, Dave Chappelle, you should be ashamed of yourself for airing that N-word sketch on your show this week. I'm going to make sure you never work in Hollywood again. The image, allegedly taped by Winfrey and transmitted to Chappelle's house under the direction of Robert L. Johnson, who called in some favors with Chappelle's local affiliate station manager, terrified Chappelle. Nah, and everybody think Oprah is this good woman because she sit on TV and then you know how many black women have heard this? And then you get those that, oh, that's just a conspiracy. Then you get those who knows what they believe. But when I tell you these people is not big because you see them on TV. 
in between their TV time, there's things that they have to do that may go against all human dignity and may go against self-royalty to yourself far as on my standards. I won't do this. I would never do that. And then you find yourself doing this and you find yourself doing that because the money seems like I can make more. Yes. And now you do this. And then, hey. At that time, he considered telling the show's cast and producers what was happening to him, but decided against it. He feared it would alienate him from his staff, making him think he was delusional, which by that point, Chappelle was fairly certain he was. Oh, yeah. Which goes to my point earlier. They send people. You think Oprah is interviewing Tom Cruise and come out of nowhere and look down to the screen to tell Dave something. She had higher orders up. Somebody way higher than Oprah was like, this is what you're going to do doing your show. We're going to put pressure on this nigga. So you see how they could put pressure on you without them putting their hands on you? This do social media, sending certain of your own kind, the boule at you. And it's sad that your own kind is willing to get at you. If you're not selling drugs, they talking about you damaging communities, you putting black people back 50 years. And it's like, how my comedy putting black people back 50 years? Y'all still running around talking about black people dramatized from 400 years ago. I'm like, is you kidding me? 400 years ago? Some of y'all was only 40 and 50 years old, which means y'all nowhere close to 400 years ago. How in the hell is you traumatized? I say, yo, people just to be talking the most craziest, nonsense, sensible things. The Theory, February 2004. February 11, 2004. The catchphrase, I'm Rick James, bitch, made its debut <laughs> on the show. What was once a somewhat successful cult television show was now a full-blown phenomenon. Season 1 DVD sales begin to blow up and Chappelle's Q rating soars. This caused the Dark Crusaders to really turn on the pressure, most likely sensing that their window of opportunity to silence Chappelle was fast closing. They convened at Oprah Winfrey's Chicago production offices to coordinate yet another assault on Dave. February 18, 2004. The next episode of Chappelle's show aired, and it once again featured the Tyrone Biggum's crackhead character. All was quiet in the life of Chappelle after this show. No reports of harassing phone calls or strange packages delivered to his house. No message from Oprah arriving via television. To Chappelle, it appeared that the Dark Crusaders had stopped. But soon, he would find out it was just the eye of the hurricane. What laid in store for him next would be worse than anything that came before. Alright, alright. I'm labeled this is part two of the Black Kool-Aid. And that means there's a part three. Well, some people might like one, not like two. Some people might not like either or. But uh, either way it goes, I will do the end of this. Probably early this morning. But there will be a part three, as I said. 
And then here's part two. And I'm going to cut it out while we at 32 minutes and counting, which is good. Because the first one is an hour and about 30 minutes. Woo, baby, baby. It's in Biggie voice. Ah, 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 ah. Well, peace and love, folks. I got to go. Drama Rock, signing out.